Ain't you got no ambition in life? Do something. Rustle cattle. Hold up a stagecoach or play cards or something. Once you are a good card shark, but do something. Who's got the time? I'm already busy doing nothing. Hello, listening people. Hmm? Oh, hello there. Oh, hello there, Bartek. How are you going, my good dear friend? Who said... Ryan, you're here. <gasps> I am here. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm actually on the edge of my seat. No, I'm not literally, but I am now. I'm on the edge of my that's, seat. That's, that's edge enough. I'm, I'm edging enough. Uh, <laughs> I was actually a bit worried about doing the podcast. I had a few technical issues during the week with my computer. I had to get my computer repair guy here. I was having issues with my uh, audio input on my computer. I was like, oh, God, I can't do the podcast without being able to hear audio. Uh, but then it all got fixed. I was worried that he might have to take the computer because he came. We record this on the weekend. He came on Friday. And I was like, oh, she has to take this in. He's like, I want this computer. That's not how he sounds, but, you know, good idea. And um, I was worried that we were not going to be able to record our podcast this weekend, but we did it. We're here talking to you and each other about a movie that came recommended, because that's what we do here in Pictures Pow Wow, the original PP. We talk about a movie that has come recommended. You recommended a movie last episode. The listening people recommended one before, and I recommended one before that. And we have a cycle where we go you, then me, then them. Them being you, the listening people. And it's my turn for a movie i picked a movie today i did and i picked they call me trinity or in some places it's called my name is trinity which i'll get into the my name saga when it comes to these films uh because i have a little bit of a backstory with these particular movies so if people if you've not seen they call me trinity recommend that you give it a watch because we'll talk about it spoilers and all it's on youtube currently and my may i say a fantastic looking version of the film it yeah, looks it was good. very nice yeah. but if you have other means to get it do so it is from the uh, 70s so it's been around for ages it's a it's a cultural touchstone for a lot of people so give it a watch and come back to hear us talk about it so I recommended this because I had noticed we've been on a bit of a roll. We, I, I joked at the end of last episode, like, oh, I want to do a cowboy movie because we just did a kung fu movie. And you were like, oh, yeah, and then we did Harley Davidson, Marlboro Man, that a cowboy. And I, I kind of didn't put it together, but we've been on a roll of tight-lipped, silent protagonists who kind of kick ass. Where in Harley Davidson, Marlboro Man... Harley Davidson and Marlboro Man talked, but not too much. Like, for those action movie guys, they weren't quipping a lot. And before that, we had Mad Max. Yeah, that's true. And then we had Enter the Dragon, where it's like other people talk, but Bruce didn't need to talk all that much. And so I was in the mood, inherently because of this, to want to visit a Western. And we're fans of Westerns. We've done them on the pod. We've done differing types. We've done our Czechoslovakian. We've done our comedy ones. And now I wanted to do a Spaghetti Western. And when I, when I think of Spaghetti Westerns, a few leap to mind. The iconic ones, of course. But it is this film, They Call Me Trinity, that just rings out so loudly for me when it comes to Italian westerns, because they have a certain characteristic to them, a certain flavor and even color to them in the filmmaking that just screams Italian. 
and I have been meaning to do this on the pod for a while. Uh, my history with this is I've seen the film, I've grown up with the film, it is a staple in my household, I used to see it on TV all the time, I had it on DVD, and it is just one of those where it brings a smile to my face when I think of it, and it is a film with an iconic musical score to it, especially the, uh, the the theme song is very well known if you are into westerns. You know the Trinity theme, it will come up. It isn't as big as the Good, the Bad and the Ugly or uh, Sergio Leone's uh, film scores, but if you know your westerns, you know this song. And that's why when Django Unchained came out, I was waiting for Tarantino to use the Trinity theme because he was using every music iconic music thing from westerns. And I was like, where's Trinity? He, he left it to the end. Uh, what about you? Tell us your relationship with uh, this and or spaghetti westerns. Um, unless I'm very much mistaken, I haven't seen very many Spaghetti Westerns, actually. Hmm. Um, the only one that really comes to mind is, uh, the original Django, which we watched at university. Mm -hmm. Uh, fun fact for our last episode, literally the same class where we watched Fists of Fury in. Yeah. Um, and I remember really, really enjoying Django in that, in that, that lecture that we had. It was really fun. Mm. Um, so I was always keen to check out something else and, you know, 10 years is enough to wait for your second Spaghetti Western, I suppose. <laughs> Have you never watched a Clint Eastwood one? Like, uh, you know, Have I watched a Clint Eastwood Western? Fistful of Dollars or Good, Bad, The Ugly... I don't think I have. Wow, we got to fix that one day. Yeah, we They're do. Great. Um, so yeah, was keen to check this out when you recommended it. Um, hey, obviously you haven't seen it before, um, and I don't know that I've ever heard its version. Well, no, I've seen Django Unchained, so I've yes. definitely heard it before, but I didn't really remember how the original version of this song goes because uh, there's a cover of this song that I like that a Malaysian girl did. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is interesting. I like this. Do you want to clarify that? We'll leave it vague. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked many, many times about the university show we made, Soviet Western, and we open that play with uh, one of our cast members who came from Malaysia. We called her Fish. She called herself Fish. She called herself Fish. I didn't call her Fish. She demanded I call her Well, that. I mean... There was a legendary after, incident. After the demand, we called her Fish. There was a legendary incident. She, she likes Fish, so she was called Fish. That was a part of the backstory. And whenever people looked at the group of us, they're like, they call her fish. Yeah, and uh, a <laughs> goldfish limb. <laughs> and I remember one time I was talking to somebody and I said, oh, I, I, in real life, I do not like the fish, the food. Yeah. I was talking about this. And she just took me aside and just said in her in a thick accent, and she's this little woman and she's just looking up at me. She just yelled out, Why? Why don't you like fish? <laughs> which is which is funny because she's talking about herself in the third person in that moment, which I which I think about a lot. Like I don't think I could be bold enough to be like, why? Why don't you like Ryan pointing at myself? <laughs> but she was bold enough to do that. But yes, we did Soviet Western. Yes. This was the theme that opened up our yeah, show. We had Fish not only sing it, but do the whistling. Because she said to me, we sat down and we said, okay, what are talents we have that we could maybe incorporate in the show? We knew that Fish could sing, but she said, I'm really good at whistling. And I I just clicked my fingers. I go, I know the song. Because again, if you know Westerns and you know music in them, bada bing, bada boom, what song has a great whistling to it? It's got to be the Trinity theme. 
there you go. It was just locked. It was so locked in. I was like, oh, you could whistle? You're going to do the Trinity yeah, so whistle. I've, I've heard the recording of her singing it a million times before. You saw her sing it live. Yeah, I did. It's true. Many mm-hmm. times. Many times. So is that all you knew of Trinity? It was the theme. I think so. The theme about how he's the best. He's got the gun, the Colt 45, and he's going to take him down. So, And that he, you might think he's a sleepy type guy. Yeah, which... which <laughs> It's true. Which, to be honest, the, the way the film opened, I thought he was a sleepy type guy. The song <laughs> warned you not to think that. Uh, so walk us through your journey with this, because as you said, you, you haven't encountered much Spaghetti Western. Django, uh, and again, you could talk about this, I think is far more of a serious movie than this one is. So your experience of a Spaghetti Western Django... has been a lot more... Uh, let's say gritty. Django is definitely more on the, you know, badass scale. Like, I remember walking out of that film being like, God damn, that was a really badass film. It's kind of funny, too. Yeah. Like, he's carrying around a coffin for, like, most of the movie. Well, that, like, that's, what, that's that one of the about? things I was going to bring up. Like, the as far as I'm aware, two spaghetti westerns I've seen open with someone pulling a thing. <laughs> Only in this one, because the, the, the main character's a sleepy type of guy. His horse is the one pulling the thing. <laughs> and he's riding on that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being sleepy. <laughs> so, walk us through. You had some little things built up for you. You've seen a spaghetti western with a certain kind of tone to it. Mm-hmm. You knew the song, which laid out kind of who the main character was going to be. You've heard the song so many times. where And the song, even when Fish sang it, it is a song that builds up where hey, we have a badass as a main character. Yeah, one that you might underestimate, but mm-hmm. will really get you when you underestimate him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you put him down with his Colt 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the film very much opens with these kind of, you know, mysterious stranger kind of tropes. You know, the guy comes into a bar or, or a saloon, rather, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the attention is drawn on him because who is this guy? Uh, he orders food and eats way, way more than you would expect him to. And one of the guys is like, all right, I need to really question this guy. And he, like... <laughs> You know, it's like they look at their papers. Yeah, yeah. He's like people. he's doing his like cowboy detective work of like no one who looks like you would be you know law abiding. So he's like mm-hmm. flipping through all the wanted posters and re- discovers no, you really are just a hungry person. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course you have the scene, the thing where like he leaves the place and you know he shows off his shooting skills. His name's Trinity, the right hand of the devil. Right hand of the devil. Mm-hmm. So was, you're badass. Mm-hmm. He's got the fastest hand, and yeah. he's just. And who badass. who are the other two in the Trinity? <laughs> well, yeah, we get to we get to figure out at least uh, one other. Mm. The sequel actually gives you an answer to the other one. Oh, good. <laughs> it's actually kind of answered in the movie in this one, but in the sequel, you get a proper answer. I think I read the trivia that it's like the devil was the mum or something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you get to meet the mum and dad in the sequel. And oh, it's fucking awesome! <laughs> I'll tell you the sequel in a little while, but um. So so the film went on it's doing the it's doing the western thing a stranger comes to this place he's got a air of mystery and aura to him he comes along and oh my god bad guys are in the town threatening the town but our hero is going to nonchalantly enter the conflict and put things right that's the film in a very loose sense it's yeah it very much feels like yeah we're following this guy trinity and 
you, you, we don't get any like inner monologue with this guy mm-hmm. or anything like that. We're just watching. What's he gonna do next? Is this where he's going next? Okay. Mm-hmm. He promised mm-hmm. he won't start trouble. Where's he going? Oh, he's going to trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what did you think about uh, in terms of you walk in and then what do you think walking out when it comes to how it presented, like how it was executed? Because I think for many people, this is a crowd pleasing movie. You read trivia about it. This was one of the highest grossing films in Italian cinema history, as was its sequel, because it's such a crowd pleaser. It's such a a uh, 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 fun movie. It's uh, it's parodying, satirizing the Italian westerns and spaghetti westerns. So I want to hear from you about like how you felt about that, and did that kind of uh, work for you or put you off when you were coming in thinking you're going to watch a, a, a western? Because I think at least for myself, when you hear that you're going to watch a a western, especially a spaghetti one, you're expecting a little bit more of a hard edge to it. But this one is. Very silly. Yeah, I in a specific silly way. Like it's very specific in how it's silly. Yeah, in all honesty, like when you mentioned, oh, we're doing they call me Trinity. I'm like, oh, that that's like a Western classic. And when you mentioned that it was a spaghetti western, I'm like, oh, okay, so it's an Italian film. That, mm. That'll be interesting. Um, and yeah, because I've only seen Django, which is very, very gritty and violent and over the top, I was expecting. Uh, at the very least, some over the topness, <laughs> uh, some very crazy things. Um, and you don't really get, you know, anything to, like, a gritty level, but you do have, you know, these very crazy scenes of, like, fast gunplay. Slapstick. Slapstick gags. Oh, some very, very funny slapstick gags. There was one in particular <laughs> that really made me laugh. Um, with a character who, very stereotypically for me, is, you know, oh, yeah, this would be Bartek's favourite character. <laughs> I, I think I have a guess of who it could be. We'll find out yeah, soon. It's, it's only one of the leads. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a very entertaining film. Like when I started, I saw like, oh, it's a uh, you know thirteen minutes shy of two hours. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long one. It's probably going to be very plot heavy. <laughs> but it really went by pretty quickly. Yeah, and it wasn't really all that plot heavy. We kind of get introduced to all the elements very early on in the mm-hmm. film, and then we just have you know fun scenes play out with all of them building up to a climax. So you didn't mind that it was more comedically bent and uh, having fun rather than being your gritty spaghetti western. Yeah, I was fine with it. I thought it would be up your alley. I mean, this is a movie where it's our type of film. Mm. Hence, when we did Soviet Western, I handed out all of these different movies of different varying types of Western, serious, silly, spaghetti, American, on and on it goes. Yeah, I got Pale Face. You got Pale Face, and uh, Fish got They Call Me Trindy, and Will got My Name Is Nobody, which is the lead actor of this movie, Terrence Hill. He plays a similar type of character, different to Trinity, but it's directed by Sergio Leone, so you have a far more serious Western in comparison to this, and, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, good, bad, the ugly I gave somebody else, and so on and so forth. But uh, I I adore this. I I feel so warm when I watch this movie. There are those films that are just comforting to you. Mm. And I think what I really got out of this is instead of being the the misery fest of other films the heavy of this, film yeah a heavy film i liked its lightness i i a moment that really hit me was when uh, bambino was talking about digging graves 
and the Mormons were affronted by this, and they're like, how do you think this is going to end? And the film uses that moment to basically say to the audience, this is what you expect, right? This is a Western. They have the shootout and everybody dies. People get killed, violence for violence. And we've indulged in that in the movie. We've seen Trinity shoot people and do things and gun tricks. But this is the movie turning around and saying, maybe we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to have a happy ending in which the characters just beat the shit out of each other and then pat each other on the shoulder, help each other up and go, you know what? You won. (laughs) And then then go on their separate ways. Instead of the intense fingers on the on the holster there looking at each other the music swelling even uh, lemonade joe partook in th- that type of ending with uh, hogo fogo in the graveyard where everyone's doing the full like that, that and that was brilliant filmmaking like that wasn't even before the corkscrew in lemonade joe yeah, yeah, yeah. it was actually genuinely intense western film like filmmaking in the western genre while this movie goes we're not going to do that and that's the movie in general is it loves the genre. It loves these films, but it is taking a, a in a way, a, a a comedic pacifist approach to it, in which it says there'll be some deaths, sure, but we're not going to bathe in that. We're going to bathe in the characters being silly, like with um one, two, three, yeah, it was a bloody massacre. Four, five, six, you know, just counting down, oh, and they go past the 20 limits, like, hey, aren't you supposed to take 20? Yes, four, you know, 24, <laughs> 26, and, on and, on and, on and we're laughing. We and- had, yeah, there were a lot of even just scenes of characters all taking off their guns and holsters and just, like, stacking them away somewhere. And, uh, th- like, the first couple of times, I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting that they're doing it, but now thinking back on it, it's just kind of funny that, you know, a Western <laughs> film is doing this. And we hear a lot in history talk when games like game um when when um games like red dead and red dead redemption 2 came out the love of westerns and the cowboy era really sparked off again and people talk about like oh well actually you know cowboys weren't that noble or that on a code and a lot of them were kind of like bums and and, we hear a lot of the actual talk and it makes me laugh because i think about trinity where it's like Trinity is a is a vagrant. He's just this <laughs> messy, slobby bum who's got like r- like rags on him, being dragged through the dirt where his thing that's on the back of the horse is dragging along, and the horse shits, and the thing just scrapes the shit along the ground, and it just and he's got like saucepans hanging off and boots. <laughs> he's just an absolute bum. And for the whole film, there's a whole secondary character that just basically like scolds him for his messiness. <laughs> And he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And he's like starving. He eats a whole plate of beans, like a whole thing of beans. Yeah, a whole and you're just watching, you're just beans, watching yeah. him eat beans. And this is our hero. God, it made me hungry. <laughs> it, it, it makes and it makes you thirsty because he's pouring that drink into that cup. And it goes on for, for ages. ages yeah, Because it's a big, thick, like, it, it's deceptive of how thick the cup is. Yeah. You look at it and go, oh, that's a little cup. But no, no. When you when he starts pouring it, you actually start looking at the cup. You go, oh, actually, it may take a while. He's just like slowly I don't know. Even in. when he was like you know finally drinking from it it doesn't look that big where did all that liquid go under the table (laughs) i guess i thought that was like leading up to a gag because that was really a long time for something that didn't look all that in a way though that whole sequence is kind of funny Mm. but it's hard to put your finger on it and i think it is because it isn't doing the usual western thing where the guy comes in and everyone's so serious they do that but 
it's it's kind of funny that the guy that comes in is this handsome blue-eyed bumbly guy who's just really hungry and they start looking at him like he must be a wanted guy they look through it, their feels, wanted it feels like for most of that scene before you know anyone interacted with him um you know after he started eating it felt like they were waiting for something to happen to like start mm-hmm. a thing but then mm-hmm. the guy was just like I guess I have to do it. Because <laughs> this guy's really just eating. In movies like this, like with the good, the bad, and the ugly, you have a very similar sequence like this where the the the, the bad in that film is doing that, where he comes in and he seems all nonchalant and then you know it's going to pop off. And then it pops off. Here, it really doesn't. Like, it kind of does. He's like, I'll take this guy. But yeah, he's all- so, like, pleasant about it. He's got this big smile on his face and these blue eyes and you... You're charmed by him instead of intimidating. Yeah, you'd feel like he'd be the like if he was the you know gritty hero. He'd say something like like uh, is there something on my face and that would like kick off the conflict. But no, he's just mm-hmm. eating his beans and even, drinking his water. Even though he has protagonist powers, where he has like the best aim and like comedic luck, he feels like a character that's like they've maxed out their luck and charm abilities. <laughs> right, so that's yes. his character because in every fight he just somehow like oh there we go like. Hey you, come over here and then even, jump over. Yeah, even when he's trying to teach the Mormons at the end, like you know, how to fight, and it's like, all right, tap them on the shoulder. Then when they turn around, hit them like this. And it's like, now do it to me. And he mm. just manages to like almost without thinking evade and hit back. Mm. Uh, the opening of the movie is iconic because it is so crystalline in its visual presentation and the song the song we've talked about but it is an amazing song even the original i mean you've heard our friend cover it but the original recording is one of those where you grit your teeth and pump your fist going fuck yeah Mm. this is such a fucking good song and the whistling and it's just but it actually captures beautifully the tone of the film because it's a it's a motivating like yeah kind of song but the song itself has a bit of a lightness to it with the whistling and the the way the music kind of swells in and out where there is a jauntiness to it, which is the film, mm. which is the film where the film takes on this veneer of your other spaghetti westerns, but it has this throwbackness to yeah, old school uh, comedy sensibilities to yeah. it. I know there's a bit of a joke behind this one, but it's not like, you know, grand and over the top, like the Blazing Saddles thing, mm-hmm. where that one's just like, whoa, this, this is a crazy theatrical thing. This one is very, you know, appropriate for what we're looking at, laid back. You know, subdued. Watching, su- yeah, subdued, laid back, like the character is well in the he's, sequence. He's riding his uh, thing. What did you think of his... Uh- his entrance in the film where he's riding this thing on the back of the horse. Have you ever seen that before? I swear I've only ever seen that in this film. I, you know, I was looking at it and thinking to myself, like, is this a thing that, like, was normal in Western times? Because I've never seen it in a film before. Apparently it is, according to the trivia, that we use it to hold other things, but not people. What I read was that... like, apparently you're not meant to have it dragging behind you. You're meant to put it on the horse somewhat like a carriage, but, like, on mm. the horse to carry a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. But he, he's just used it as, like, a makeshift bed, <laughs> bed. or something, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, that opening, though, it really does capture your attention. Even before he gets to the place and eats the beans, it's just... It's such a unique visual of, like, this guy just snoozing his way through the opening credits of his own movie. <laughs> Oh, I guess I guess to further answer the question you asked before about like you know what I was expecting of spaghetti westerns, the fact that both 
I think I already said it, the thing about them dragging something. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, I already said that. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Scrap it from the editing. Scrappy-doo. <laughs> uh, but then he gets to the town where he's going. He's aimlessly going from place to place because he's a stranger. Mm-hmm. And he goes there and he stops. And oh, when you know it, there's bad guys. There's bad guys and they're threatening the sheriff. And the sheriff has the newspaper and he's just bluntly enforcing the law. We watched the, obviously, it's a Spaghetti Western. They shot a lot of these. It doesn't actually specify this in the trivia, but a lot of Spaghetti Westerns, not all, but a lot of them would not shoot sound and would then dub it over afterwards because it was cheaper and more efficient. Many films do that. Many, Mm. many cultures still do that to this day. We just did Enter the Dragon. (laughs) Which is what Enter... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great point. I don't know if they did that here, but there is lots of this that's obviously dubbed, and the two actors are Italian, so they're dubbed over in English. So we watched this English version, which is... Uh, beloved uh, dubbing wise, many people praise the guys who do the dub of these characters, and I agree. I Maybe honestly... it's me being biased, but like I agree. But there are some American actors, like the guy who plays the major. He's an American actor, or possibly British. He was in Hitchcock movies. Honestly, like I, I'd read that it was dubbed, but. I guess the editing and the syncing was done so well that I almost didn't notice. Well, a reason Spaghetti Westerns work so well dubbing is Italian language when doing the movements of the lips are just close enough to how English, when we speak English, mm. so they dub really well. Yeah, they must. In comparison to, say, Japanese. Yeah. Um, where, you know, they... they the sentence structure's The sentence structure's different, yeah. different and, the, and the speed in which they talk and how we need to talk. It, it, there's a whole art to dubbing. But uh, they get great dub people here, but before you even see Bambino's face... The voice coming out of it is is really good because he's just mumbling his way through just the law. Like, he's just reciting it like a guy who knows it but doesn't give a shit. And that's kind of funny when we know what his character is, where we know actually he's a guy who knows it because he's been incarcerated and he's pretending to be the sheriff of this <laughs> town. Um, is Bambino the favorite for you? He is. He's the guy. Here's the thing. He's the guy that I looked at and go, this is a character Bartek would love. You would definitely play Bambino if we had our Trinity movie. But in real life, you're far more of a Trinity. You're far more I of guess like a, that's true, yeah. that energy and kind of snarkiness <laughs> and quippiness. Well, I'm the Bambino out of the two of us. But if we were acting this, we would be the other way around. You would be, not just because of you look like him, but also just like you like that type of character. So walk us through like the plot and what you liked about the Bambino character. Bambino is a big guy. That's a plus. Big guy, very good. Big beard. Big beard. <laughs> Not too big a beard, but very nice and thick. Yeah, yeah. Small yeah. but thick. Um, body too thick. Um, yeah, he he's he's very blunt, impatient. You've got these running jokes of like people in town greeting him, and he goes, "Shut up." <laughs> the big the big laugh I had in the film was a bit later on when um. It was when he interacted with the Mexican gang for the first time, and they were, you know, the, the leader slaps him. He just was like, did you really just do that? Slaps him back. And that was good, but then he got the underling to slap him. He did this really gentle slap, and then he just slaps the leader again. The, that... That payoff there was my big laugh of the film. <laughs> my, when it comes to physical comedy laugh, for me, if we're going to go there, mm-hmm. was um, 
uh, uh, Trinity was seeing like a horde of people in a circle fighting someone underneath. We didn't, we couldn't even see who was under the swarm of people. Like they were all just stomping. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and Trinity looks at Bambino and gives him like the nod of like, "Hey, go over here." But Bambino's just holding this guy by his sh- the back of his shirt, like like, and the actor's like physically holding them. There's no wires or anything. He's just like holding this man up yeah. like it's a suitcase, <laughs> and he just looks over and goes, eh, shrugs and just drops. The guy like a bag of rocks, and I laughed at that so much because it's real. The guy's fucking grabbing this guy and throwing him, and there's that's a lot of the humor for me. Of the slapstick is mm. they really time it and choreograph it well. Uh, like the slaps look amazing, especially when Bambino does the slaps. He has like a really like I don't know how to describe it, but when you see it, it's just like a really open palm good fat slap yeah he looks yeah it almost looks like he'd be using like a sort of maybe like a slap stick or a tool mm. to you mm. know hit he's, someone he's really great and but a lot of the physical comedy for me comes from the fact that the guys are just really doing like like when he lifts a person you can see he's just actually fucking lifting a person yeah. and i just and even when they had that bit where they taught that one mormon the trick of how to flip somebody and he kept having to and he was practicing it and like he was actually doing it but he, the guy he kept flipping kept landing on their feet mm. so he kept doing it again and again until the guy kicked him over and he went fully stiff like as if he was in a Bruce Lee movie where they touched water he went fully stiff and fell over (laughs) even right after you know your big laugh where he's like holding up the guy like the dive he does over that Mm, whole crowd of people mm -hmm. it's like whoa and then he does the thing that we love so much we knew it was coming where where he just 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 through sheer force throws everybody off even the Mormons (laughs) and it takes a while I'm like waiting for him like oh did did he get where is he yeah yeah they build you up it was like it. half a minute before we see him do it. <laughs> but the pitch is, Trinity sees that his brother is the sheriff of this little town, and he finds it so amusing. I love when he rides, when he decides, I'm going to ride through this conflict, and the bad guys stop doing the bad guy thing because they uh, feel the need to be polite to let him ride through because he has no stake in the game, but they do ask him to take his holster off. And I do like, he does the thing where he's like, and the bad guys are like waiting but then he actually just takes his holster off and throws it on the ground lays next to the Mexican guy that's drunk and just smiles and looks at this conflict play out he's just such a prick yeah and with with Bambino you know there is this whole thing of like he's always really grumpy and he's impatient about his brother Trinity doesn't want to you know work with him uh, doesn't like his ideas, you know, let me do the thinking. I don't want to hear you do the thinking. <laughs> but then when you, you know, when push comes to shove and, you know, they're in an action scene like what we were just talking about there, it is funny seeing him being engaged in that kind of thing mm. because you know he's not enjoying it deep down and also, <laughs> you know, he's, afterwards he's probably going to be grumpy again. <laughs> the beauty of the Trinity films is they begrudgingly seem to be going through the motions of doing the bad guy thing, but deep down they're good people. That's what I like, is deep down both Bambino and Trinity have hearts of gold. Hmm. We we can joke about that trope of like, you know, the bad guy with a heart of gold, but it is a part of the appeal of these two films of... They are going through the motions of, like, I'm horse rustling, I'm pretending to be sheriff and all of that. But you know deep down that 
Bambino liked being the sheriff of this town, and he liked looking after the Mormons, and he liked doing these things, and oh, the horses got branded, he can't use them, he's kind of annoyed about it, but at the same time, not that annoyed about it. And Trinity's the same, where it's like, you know, he just wants to do nothing, but he just can't stand by and let these bad guys just do these things, it's not right, but then... He doesn't want to stay and be a Mormon either, so <laughs> I, that's a huge appeal. Like the the pitch of the second one, if I could just briefly say it, is oh, yeah. the father is dying, and it's like Oscar with uh, Sylvester Stallone. They go to meet their father who's dying, and his dying wish to them is to become better bandits. That's his <laughs> wish. He goes, Bambino. Please teach your younger brother Trinity how to be a better criminal. <laughs> it's the opposite of Oscar, where he's like, please stop being a criminal. His wish is be bigger, nastier, better criminals. Because <laughs> they're the Trinity family, they're the devils. Yeah. And um, through circumstances, they help a bunch of Catholic monks and they just can't help but be good guys. Okay, so the- <laughs> and then the joke is the dad isn't actually dying. He pretended to do it because he just really wanted to kick his sons up the ass of being better criminals. And then he's really disappointed that they're actually good boys. Does every film deal with a different sect of Christianity? Well, there's only two, technically three films. So well, 100%. technically four films. There's an <laughs> okay. unofficial film where it's about their sons, but no one really talks about that. And then there's another film where they're not the Trinity characters licensing, but they're better. Basically, the Trinity okay. characters, and that's their last film together. It was in the 90s. So these guys worked from the 70s, 80s to 90s. But um, the first two Trinities, this one and uh, the second one, which is... Um, I'm uh, still Trinity or something? Uh, Trinity is still my name yeah. or something. They have The names are very amusing. They still call me Trinity is what I want to call it, but I think it's like Trinity is still my name. I, I think that um, was it. But, but to keep with uh, they call me Trinity... Um, I really like the secondary characters as well. I like the guy that works in the sheriff's office. Jonathan. Jonathan, old yeah. Jonathan. I thought he would be one of your favorites because he has that, he comes across like he's going to be that old man character, but then he's like weirdly prim and proper. <laughs> he's really like needing to keep things tidy, but the thing is, doesn't he know the Trinity brothers are bums? Like, both of them are bums in their own way. Like, like Trinity himself is, like, he's covered in dirt. Like, dust. Like, like when people touch him, you see dust just fly off. Like, dirt just fly off of him. It's just so hilarious. <laughs> but then Bambino, he's a grub. Like, he just is... He's got food on him. He's got his big beard. He's just... When he drinks, he just slugs it down, which just goes all over his face. Like, they both slobs in different ways yeah, but he, it ties them together as brothers well after trinity has his bath at the beginning and then <laughs> and then he like gets out and just puts his dirty clothes back and jonathan's just like i wouldn't have given you the last bar of soap if i knew you were gonna put that back on <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think about um the the general storyline though of uh the the brother the brother pretending to be the sheriff and then all oh, the mormons are trying to build their settlement but the nasty old major won't leave them alone the the whole thing with um with bambino being the 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 sheriff 
again, that's another very funny thing because he is so serious and seems to be like, you know, I'm on top of things, but he's in that situation because of a blunder that he did. <laughs> which leads to some fun gags. Which leads to some fun gags where his underlings also <laughs> went through the blunder on the exact same person that he injured. <laughs> <laughs> and that person's riding around asking people where he needs to find them. Oh, <laughs> that was that was a fun moment. But um, yeah. you were saying? Yeah, um, main plot, you know, there were a lot of fun gags with the more... Well, I didn't even know they are gags. It's just, like, them being so sincerely portrayed kind of was the funny thing. Like, where they're always greeting well, yeah, the car- awful people kindly. Yeah, especially with the, the Mexican gang. The Mexican gang. And where even, he slaps them. Yeah, and even, and even the Mexican gang leader guy, uh, Mezcat? Yeah, yeah, something along that yeah, line. Yeah, the, the, he... He's very much, you know, a jokey type character. Um, he jokes about, you know, courtesy and things like that, but he... he Take your guns off, boys! He, it's, it's very clear that he... Yeah, that's an example there. It's very clear that he's familiar with Brother <laughs> Tobias. It's like, hey, Brother Tobias doesn't like this, so you do this. And like, So sometimes he literally is telling his men to do something <laughs> good for Tobias, even though he's there to fuck, you fuck, know, with fuck him. him over. Fuck yeah. with him. It's, it, it's false courtesy. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, I, I really liked when he got annoyed at them and he started slapping them, and then Tobias comes up and he's like, like, please forgive it. He's like, no forgiveness, slaps him. <laughs> just, just really amusing. Uh, one of my favorite sequences was when uh, uh, they go to the place where the major hangs out, his bar or whatever, yeah. and we have all the tension happening with Bambino telling them the law, and you have Trinity stopping that guy from grabbing out his gun with pointing his gun and making him like quietly readjust his position to a far more like lax casual one. I thought that was a very amusing scene. And that's the kind of comedy that comes out of the film in which you could see that moment being played straight in a real Western, right? You could see that Mm -hmm. being played straight, but there's just something about the way Terrence Hill, who is Trinity, and Bud Spencer, who is Bambino, the way those two actors, even with the dubbing, remove that, the physicality and the expressions and how they look, adds a comedic uh, angle and bent to what would be played straight in another Mm. Western. Yeah, it's like in that kind of situation, if you're being held up by someone who's behind you and you're completely fucked, Mm. you could see that in a more sincere, maybe that's not the right word, but in a more serious story, you know, the character being held up might feel more terror and stress mm-hmm. about the situation, mm-hmm. but this film kind of plays those situations for awkwardness, where that character's like, what position should I be in? And then later <laughs> on, when the major is in the same position, yes. he, his whole thing is that he doesn't have to physically adjust himself, but he needs to take back his order <laughs> yeah. and kind of and good. try to play it cool. And his underlings like, boss, what, what do you want me to do then? Be good people. <laughs> uh, I also liked when um, when the scene with the major in the bar where Trinity did it to one of his underlings. Trinity's gone, but the guy doesn't know that. Mm. And he has to play it cool. Where he goes, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And he kind of walks like, okay, I'm free now. All right, how long was I free for? I don't know. All right. <laughs> yeah. I want to press on you, though. We talked about this with Lemonade Joe, where it's taking a tried and true story of a Western, Mm -hmm. and it's amplifying it with comedic things. And a large part of our draw to that was these over-the-top performances in Lemonade Joe. With Trinity, I don't feel like they're comedically bent, but I just find 
there's something about Bud Spencer and and Terence Hill, the way they play it, the the expressions, their body language, the way they do the slaps and the action and the and the slapstick. It doesn't feel as if it's winking to us, the audience, that it's comedic. It really is to me. These two guys are just so charming that it is amusing. Yeah, they're they're very charming, while Affable. still yeah, while still like playing to, you know, the conventions of you know the the silly skinny lanky guy mm-hmm. and the serious fatter you know Big straight boy. man kind mm-hmm. of character. I I know that usually the body types you can switch them around, but but yeah, but this is the one they were going for. It's like it's very clear that they're doing you know silly man straight man there, but it doesn't feel. Like they're being uh, conventional to a sterile degree. It, mm-hmm. it very much feels like it's very natural. They're not playing it up too much, and when they do, it really is. Oh, that's nice. Like when Trinity can't. Like when Trinity's invited into the into the uh, creek. Uh, what is it? The they called it a creek. It was a creek. I was gonna say like the creek by the girls, and he just rides his horse in, and you go, oh, that's kind of. You just kind of chuckle and go, oh, I was actually thinking to myself, like, oh, is he just going to leave the horse there? So when he took it in the water, I'm like, oh, cool. And then his reasoning for, well, the horse can swim. I can't. <laughs> and then they tell about how much, and then he does the, yeah, at this point, this is one movie, and when he does the things he does, you smile and go, that's Trinity. The guy who's a mysterious man who's come to town for what reasons? Because he's lazy. Like he even has like I'm too busy doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's another thing. Like he, he where he. Oh, wait, I was just gonna say, just finish point. Sure. Where he gets on the horse, stands on the horse, and the girl's like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" And then just a flip off the horse, and you smile at that and go, "That's Trinity." And yet, <laughs> oh no, he just yeah, just falls back. <laughs> yeah, he falls back. He falls back, and then he goes in the water and he squats underneath the water and springs up and he does all this, and you're laughing, going. That's the character. Yeah, I thought it was it's looking, not too yeah. over the top. It's not too like Lemonade Joe. We love it because it's so overarched. Like Hogo Fogo and Lemonade Joe is so fun because we know the type of character he's playing, but he's amping it up to eleven. And that same film- with Lemonade Joe, where Lemonade Joe is protagonist man like Trinity, but he plays it up to eleven. He's stupid, where it's hilarious. But Trinity, he's the protagonist of a movie, but. It's just funny because he's so nonchalant. Like he's just like, I just want some beans, and he's just smiling at everything. Yeah, and with Lemonade Joe, you know, there's elements of magical realism, mm-hmm. and there are active points where you know the the heroes do stupid things, like mm-hmm. when Lemonade Joe drinks what is obviously alcohol, and that's his weakness. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like you should have taken a closer look when you were grabbing the villain's drink. Yes, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, with this one, what I was going to say before is that. Even though uh, Trinity is like the the silly man of the dynamic, he's not really all that like bumbling or dumb. I no. think he, what you're saying there about laziness that is kind of what he plays more towards, mm. and that kind of adds to you know the whole carefree attitude yeah. of the film's tone, thanks to the main character and also the situations that he finds himself in. Yeah, he comes across to at first like he's going to be this kind of bumbly guy but he's actually the best gun in the west and he's far more capable than you give him credit for but you look at him and you just go give this man yeah, a bath there, there's <laughs> even even when the things that he does inconveniences bambino you never really get the sense that uh trinity ever I'll say it in quotes, makes mistakes mm. if ever he does something that inconveniences bambino or himself he just kind of just rolls with it 
I say this with absolute vigor. The language difference. We have the dub. I say it. Even remove the dub. These two guys are some of my favorite foreign film actors. Where I don't know, like you know, I can't tell you how good of an actor they are because I can't speak the language that they're clearly speaking. But I just am so captivated by them. Every shot on them. The, like Bud Spencer has uh, this absolute presence on the screen. Not even when he's not doing physical comedy, just when he's sitting there, you just want to sit and watch him because he's so captivating and he's just such a seasoned actor. You can tell. And Terence Hill, those blue eyes. They are so emotive, so expressive, and that is why the Trinity character works so well when we have scenes that tell you so much without actually having dialogue, like the bean-eating scene, or action scenes, or scenes of him just observing others, because Terence Hill's eyes, and that smile on his face, and the way his hair is combed, is so enrapturing that these are some of my favorite actors, even if I can't tell you how good they are because I can't hear them in their native tongue. Because sometimes there's that thing, right, when you go, oh, this guy's a great actor, but there's a little part of you goes, yeah, but I, you know, I can't, I'm not speaking their language. I'm just having to go off of their their, their physicality and their body language and what I can from uh, social cues and behavioral cues uh, take away as a, as a charisma on the screen. Like when we talk about Bollywood movies, we don't, exa- we don't always examine too much of like, how do we know, other than these people are movie stars, that these are good actors when we don't speak the language and they are in a form of cinema that isn't as accustomed to, say, myself. Yet I could tell you that this Bollywood actor and this Bollywood actor are good actors or entertaining ones. And that's what I get with these movies movies is I don't give a shit about like not being able to hear them in the native tongue or even if the dub's good I could just watch this on silent and tell you that Trinity is a fun character Mm, yeah for sure I know that with a lot of dub things, uh, or or rather with a lot of foreign things that are in languages that you, the viewer, don't speak, uh, that is a part of the appeal there, where you, because you are not familiar with the language or you're not familiar with, you know, specific speaking conventions, like you don't have to necessarily assess, like you know, how is the you know language use in the film. You can kind of just you know, dismiss it as, this is, this is a language I don't speak, and so you can enjoy the other things in yeah, it. Yeah, a suspension of disbelief. And that's why, you know, sometimes when you do experience something in both its original language that you don't know, and then a language you do know, like an English dub, you do get this real clash of like, ooh, the English one doesn't work for me as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for this film, I've only seen it with the English dub. I don't know yeah. how available the original is. Um, but I, I I mean, I already said it, like, I almost didn't notice it was dubbed because it was mm. just so well done. Seamless, yeah. And again, you can just tell when people are good at their jobs. These two leads are very good at their jobs. And you can tell that they are friends. Like, you can tell they had a good working relationship because... They make a joke in the film that they have different fathers, <laughs> but 
you know, they they look nothing alike, these two guys. Yet at no point did you doubt that they were brothers. And did you doubt that Bambino's the older brother and Trinity's the younger <laughs> brother? They had that energy. I mean, you have that dynamic. You're the older brother and you have a younger brother. And we can tell that. Like, when I've met your your brother, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar's the younger brother and mm-hmm. you're, the, you're the elder. Uh, some people who don't know us but have seen us together are like, are you guys twins? I'm like, yes. no, six years apart. <laughs> six years apart. But mentality-wise, you're the older one and mm. he's the younger one. Uh, not even just look. But, uh, yeah, any other moments that stood out to you in this? Any uh, any scenes or gags or character beats? We've talked about quite a lot of good ones. What about the uh, the cashier scene? Where um, oh, Trinity the grabs the uh, guy and he hits his head on the cash register and it says, thank you. And his fight tactic is saying in a very smiley way, hey, come here. <laughs> and then they <laughs> jump at him and he just dodges them. And then he fights them because they've missed him and he was on the ground. He was, and by extension, us having a lot of fun in that scene. There was just so many gags. There, there were so many times where... Uh, you know, I'm like, okay, those guys are done after that, but they would just keep getting up for more. And it was just a thing of, well, yeah, they need to keep getting up for more because there's more gags to do. And thank <laughs> you for doing it, even though there were, yeah, there was a bit of a dissonance there. Like, they're still going. <laughs> they're still fighting. I like that the ending is just people slapping the shit out of each other. They just go away with guns and they just beat each other up. They're just like slaps and yeah. punches. And <laughs> What about... The other favorite moment in this for me was when they were teaching the Mormons all their different tricks, and you get the setup of that one guy goes, and if you ain't good with your arms, how about use your feet? I use mine all the time. He starts demonstrating how he kicks all the time, and then in amongst all of the big fights in the end sequence, we see just him kicking people. He's just <laughs> kicking people. He's With his hands in his pockets, he's just kicking them, and it's like, hey, he did the thing that he said he would do. Good for you, there was a, There was a lot of fun in, in those scenes because you know these these are the, the really polite people in the mm. film who are just so kind to everyone very mormon and then they find a, a justification in their religion to kick ass i like that that, that too. too yes that but was I, funny but i just mean like how how in stride they were taking mm. all the things i was like oh thank you brother you know just getting up for more there was that one that how ran they away know we're brothers <laughs> there was that one that ran away at one point because he knew he was going to get beaten up mm-hmm. next but it's just Real kind of sick sense of fun to just seeing these polite people now actually getting the shit beaten out of them. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I, oh man, it was just they embraced it. They, they built up the, uh, the, the fights throughout the movie to then give us what we want, which is just a full brawl and not a barroom brawl, like just in a, in a paddock, in a field where people are building their houses and they're just beating each other up. I, I mentioned it earlier, but a, a favorite comedic scene of mine was when, uh, Oh, no, I actually like the whole sequence of these these events where the Mexican bandits refuse to take the horses. They want to steal them. It's like this weird system that, like, no, no, we need to steal them. Let us steal them. <laughs> to earn it, you know, through hard work would be humiliating for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this weird sense of honor and code. Yeah. And then yeah. when Trinity and Bambino and the gang assume their places oh i liked don't worry i'll send my best man they will not see him he can go underneath your sombrero and you wouldn't even notice and then they immediately notice him because he has this big fucking hat on and they're like and i just love that whole everything about the mexicans in that part of the movie where they are hired and they're going to do the thing and then they get caught out by our gang and they see him on the hilltop and they do the whole back and forth of like hey 
Bambino. Do you think there's somebody underneath that sombrero on the hill over there? And then the other guy's like, oh, what's going on? Well, do you think there's somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I'll go sort that out. And they all keep going on and on and on. And then when they steal the horses themselves and they have that great sequence where it's just like counting the horses and just being like in the over-the-top cartoony Mexican accent that Trinity's putting on and being like, oh, yes, women and children dead. Oh, no, no, very bad. Four, five, six, seven. It just keeps counting. There was um- That was very amusing sequence i like that a lot there was another music sequence for me that was kind of added in by a meta element of what i was doing mm-hmm. um so as a consequence of that shop scene where you know he was beating up the the three mm. guys well the two guys um the major hires these two guys to, oh yes that was good yeah. yeah he hires these two guys to come and deal with trinity um and you know the characters had been introduced and trinity was just about to head over to the shop where they were I had to pause the film for a little while and go do something else for a little while. Um, but I made a point to, of, uh, you know, after pausing to be like, okay, I need to remember that those two important guys had just been introduced because I don't want to come back to the film and have forgotten about They're them. They're professionals. So I was like very actively trying to remind myself, like, don't forget those two guys. They're very professional. And then the payoff of what those two guys were was just in that one scene, and you don't even see what Trinity does to them. He just they just run away and indicate, you know, what happened. He's like, he said he's only counting to ten. Run, 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 <laughs> and then you never see them again. <laughs> this is a very funny movie. Yeah, and then it all ends with a beautiful little brother being a dick to the elder, where 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 the 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 sheriff, the one that that's been shot chasing after them is Yeah, all, the real sheriff. The real one is like, hey, do you know do you know do you know what's going on here? And Trinity like, yeah, do they have these faces? Yeah, they tried to rub me. They even tried to take my boots and he points them in in the direction where they actually went. Yeah. A, and he just smiles being like that would cause some trouble, and just goes <laughs> off, and just that's that's all you need. And song plays, and that's the movie. It, it, you know, they do the right thing, but they go back to what they were. Bambino, no longer a sheriff, he goes back with his gang to be horse rustlers. Trinity goes on to be a guy who does nothing. He's too busy doing nothing. And uh, yeah, I I just adore this movie. Now I wanted to raise some fun little things, so. There's a, there's a, I have this on DVD. I watched this on DVD. I saw what it looked like on YouTube, so that way I could recommend it to you yeah. with the knowledge of like, hey, it looks good and the dub seems to line up like mm. it does. And There is an occasional watermark, but it's very transparent and it's only there for a few seconds at a time. So it's really not a significant factor at all. But uh, I, I have it on DVD and the DVD plays this beautiful music and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear this in the movie. I love this. Like, this is bringing back, oh, yes. In a way... This is uh, uh, Terence Hill's theme. That's what I call it. Like whenever I think of the actor, I think of this music. Yeah, and it's this really nice, tranquil kind of uh, plucking of strings. I'm like, ah, and then it's not in the movie, and I'm like, oh, it must be. And they call the sequel because the sequel actually is uh, has a lot of visuals that I think of when it comes to these movies. Now I've seen this one more. Mm-hmm. And I watched these two movies at the start of the pandemic, and I was like in a feel good mood, and I and I and I rated them on a letterbox or something just for the sake of it, and I and I said like the sequel is is just it's it's more silly, but I think it's not as good as the first one. But for some reason, even though I say that, 
There's more about it that sticks in the brain. Like, there's way more play of the fast movement of his guns and everything. But there's also some musical stings that I remember that I associate being in the first one. But it's actually, oh, it's in the sequel. You've We've had this mm-hmm. in our lifetime where you go, oh, this is in the first one. And then you go, oh, no, that's actually in the... A sequel? Oh, I didn't realize. I feel like we had a conversation like this like a week or two ago, even. Yeah. Yeah, and so with Mad Max, probably right. It's like, oh, this is oh, this will be in. Oh, it's just in Mad Max two. Oh, Actually, no, it was. Oh, that's just in Mad Max three. No, oh. no, it was it was a misunderstanding about a Wayne's World thing. But uh, yeah, because there were two very similar gags and we were thinking uh, and different so ones. So I hear this music and I go, oh, it's in the sequel. So I look it up and I go, oh, it's not in the sequel. And then I realize. This is what makes DVD ownership fun. It's the theme song from the Sergio Leone movie, My Name is Nobody, which stars Terence Hill and and Glenn Fonda, uh, who is the father of uh, Bridget Fonda. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the music. That's, his, that's the theme of that movie. But that's a different movie made by a different people, scored by a different person. But <laughs> on the Trinity, that's the theme of the menu because, in a way, it's the actor's theme. It's different to the song that opens this that we love with the whistling. It's just this instrumental that just is this kind of very plucky. Uh, it makes you think of him bobbing in water and on his horse, and it's just it's very light and fluffy. Even though My Name Is No Nobody is a, it's far more of a gritty film, but it plays into the Ter- Terence Hill type character where he's this lovable guy but in that one he's far more of your traditional like stranger with no name mysterious backstory what's his deal uh i actually really like my name is nobody if we ever wanted to do another one of these spaghetti westerns i would give that as a segue like if i wanted to do like silly one transition point and then serious one that's how i'd do it the transition point would be my name is nobody where it's a sergio leone movie we know who that is he's an iconic filmmaker it's a little bit silly, but a little bit serious. It has an iconic line of dialogue, which we used in Soviet Western. The villain says, there's only two things that go through a man's heart, the lust for gold or a bullet. That's from that. <laughs> okay. But uh, I got really thrown because it's like, oh, I thought this was from this movie, but it's actually from this movie. But this is where you mention, oh, how many Trinity movies. People lump it in because it has my name is... Nobody. So people, and even in my DVD collection, it goes, my name is nobody. Yeah, they call me Trinity, or you know, my name is Trinity. You know all that, and then you know they still call me Trinity. It's just, it's just you lump them together because it's the same actor with this name convention where he plays a vagabond cowboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is just something I wanted to flag up because for people listening who are big fans of these these actors, Terence Hill is still with us. He's still acting. He has, like, a crime show in Italy where the poster of it on IMDb is him sitting in a nice Italian cafe on a cobblestone path drinking coffee and just looking very happy. And I'm like, hey, there it is. Well, Bud Spencer, he only passed away a few years back. He had a very extensive career. I think think he died in the year where everyone died. Yeah, 2016. But, you know, he was in his 80s and... These guys worked in a plethora of movies together. They had great solo careers. Bud Spencer had a great, some great individual comedy films of his own and westerns. And these guys just legends of the field. If people, you know, if you're not aware of it, you should check this film out. Check out the other Trinity movie and My Name Is Nobody, and just give their films a watch. They're really entertaining. They are the Abbott and Costello of. 
Italy, kind of, where they're these two guys, these two comedy guys. A lot of times they play brothers in movies or relatives or people who are meeting for the first time, but they become, and they have that dynamic you see here where Terrence Hill is the far more silly one and Bud Spencer's the one who rolls his eyes and has to drag his feet along. And it's just, a, it's, it, as you see here, Bartek, it's a it's a it's a great dynamic. You want to see more, don't you, of these two guys? Yeah, it'll be fun to see more. And it's great. And this isn't even the first film they worked on together. But you know, yeah, I think it's the like one it's that the was fourth the fourth or something. It's, the, it's yeah. their big hit together. They were mm. in four other films. I think one or two they worked in together properly, and just other ones that were in the same movie but not the same scenes. Yeah. But uh, and then they went formed a real great bond, and they just when plowing for they get to the point where they actually start shooting films in America so you get actual American actors or well-known actors like Donald Pleasance is in a, one of their movies so yeah that's all I have to say this to me is just a great if you have a, if you want a movie night where you're watching westerns you pop this on for like a, a nice palate cleanser or to start up the night with a bit of fun it's yeah, it's really enjoyable. Even the, when I read the trivia about like why the film was called what it's called, it's like it's, even that's you know spoofing the genre where it's uh, looking at uh, the man with no name, and it's like, well, let's give this guy a name. <laughs> that's a lot less mysterious. <laughs> uh, and that's what I've got for you. I uh, I recommend it, of course. This is a good one. Yeah, definitely check it out. I'm glad you had a good time with it. I was, like I said, I was watching it last night and I was just smiling and I'm going, oh, Bartek's going to like Bambino. He's going <laughs> to like this guy. I liked him a lot. He liked him a lot and uh, so do I. I'm I'm a Trinity fan, of course. I just love the bean scene. Just him eating beans is just, just makes it so delicious. That is definitely one of those, if you watch a scene in a movie and it makes you hungry, it's that. I literally went up and found some beans in the kitchen to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So next episode, we have a listening people's suggestion. We have you out there. You can suggest movies to us. We add them to our list. We've had people suggesting things recently. I've actually got to add one on now yeah, they, that I got the other day. There you go, but I still got to add some on. So if you want to contact us, you can find all of it in the description, our email and our social medias. But we have our listing people uh, suggestion and we have one that's been sitting there for ages. And it's been mainly because we've been waiting to have this guest on. But this is the movie that uh, we have many suggestions from our friend John, uh, who hosts Dirty Harry Minute. And uh, this is just one where it's like, oh, we could just watch this ourselves and talk about it, which is, and I have to Remember the title because it's such a. Is this that Tommy? Tommy Tricker and the Stamp Traveler. Stamp, yeah. That's the name. We're going to be watching that. If I've got the name wrong, don't worry. It will be in the description of the episode. But that's the film we'll be watching. Uh, So we're going to do that because I was looking at a list and I was like, this is on the top of the list. We've been putting it off because of reasons. And it's like, John would would most likely rather want to come on for something like uh, other ones that are suggested. There's a thing that we're literally waiting to get. And also a Clint Eastwood movie that we would probably want him on for that he recommended as well, which is if you know Clint Eastwood and you know dumb movies, you know which movie it will be. If you do the maths, you can figure it out. South Park really liked making fun of this particular movie. That's the end of that statement I'll make. Uh, so that is it. As said, our social media is in the description, Spit and Polished Presents. You can email us at spitandpolished at gmail.com. Feel free to subscribe and follow us on whatever podcast hosting site you use. We're on YouTube as well. 
It is a very fun time, so come on over. Make sure to rate and review us on whatever one you use, because it would greatly be appreciated. You know, we 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 need another five star review, and this time saying I like the one whose name sounds like how it's spelt. Or whatever the statement was you made. <laughs> uh, and that is all I've got for you. Uh, fastest hand. Uh, the devil's right hand. Right hand of the devil. Am I that or you? I guess you're the left because you're Bambino. And I'm the right because I'm Trinity. But are you upset because you're not left-handed? I'm not. But I was born first. Oh, yeah? Out of us two? Yeah. There we go. So you're a lefty. Hear that? Hear, <laughs> hear that, right wingers? Bartek's a lefty. Yeah, I'm a bleeding heart liberal. I'm a bleeding heart liberal. I think yeah. the I think the lead actor of Sovie Westerns in the other room. <gasps> well, we mm. better get toddling off because we've got to shoot our guns in the air and go yeehaw! Hi, Will. Hi, Will. Hi. Hello, and this is how we end our episode, by saying hello to our good friend Will. <laughs> Hi, Will. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> Answer him now. <laughs> <laughs>